In today's highly competitive mortgage industry, building profitable relationships with real estate agents is essential for success. However, finding effective ways to secure agent relationships can be a challenge. With so many mortgage loan originators vying for the attention of real estate agents, it can be difficult to stand out and establish meaningful connections. Our new case study featuring loan officer Chris Coghill is a must read. Chris has closed a remarkable 36 million in funded loans from agent referrals. And in this case study, he shares his proven strategies for building strong relationships with real estate agents and leveraging those relationships to drive more business. To get your hands on this resource, head over to locastudy.com and download your free copy of the case study today. You'll find actionable insights and practical tips that Chris used to close 36 million in funded loans from agent referrals and how you can too. Don't miss out. Go check it out right now. Visit locastudy.com and download your free copy today. Hey, hey, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, and aliens from another planet. <laughs> if that's you listening, welcome to this episode of Mortgage Marketing Radio Podcast. Uh, I am thrilled for you to be tuning in and hearing my voice, whether this is the first time, the hundredth time, I'd love to know. You can always um, connect with me over in the Facebook group for the podcast. Go to Facebook and just type in the search Mortgage Marketing Radio. Make sure you join the group for loan officers. Please fill out the questions if you want to get in. We want to make sure we're building a like-minded well not like-minded a diverse group of people that but they are that they are all mortgage lenders um that's the key so uh, if that's you head on over to facebook to check that out number one announcement number two this podcast episode is brought to you by the mortgage marketing pro membership what is that you ask that is the community uh, of professionals who are focused on two things building their referral platform ongoing referrals delivered to you every single month like clockwork and building out a consumer direct digital marketing business simultaneously. I call it the hybrid loan officer. That's right, the hybrid loan officer. And you can learn more about that by going to hybridlo.com. What is that? It's a community where we provide you turnkey done for you, uh, educational content platform to be able to reach, engage, connect, and convert real estate agents to referral partners, and also build out a consumer direct strategy that includes digital marketing, templated done for you, turnkey, Facebook ads, Google ads, SMS texting, voicemail, video email, et cetera, and much, much more, hybridello.com. Check that out. Okay, so this podcast episode, I'm thrilled. This is another one of those episodes that's uh, probably two years in the making. And uh, this is a gentleman, uh, my special guest, uh, Marcus Sheridan, a gentleman I've been following for years, um, who I originally heard about him years and years ago by reading an article about how he uh, took his... Um, pool company, River Pools and Spas, right, from the economic collapse of 2008 when he was uh, just about to go under, um, started integrating and leveraging content, content marketing, back then, of course, in the form of articles and blogs and things like that. And fast forward, what's happened is Marcus not only turned his company around to become the most trafficked pool website in the world, with over 750,000, now over a million hits per month, a pool website company that installs fiberglass pools. 
Okay, so if he can do that with content marketing, imagine what you can do with mortgage or real estate. Uh, and so fast forward, like I said, is to now, uh, Marcus became so successful with content that of course, he got on the radar of different companies and publications and eventually published uh, two books and is now a highly sought after international keynote speaker who's a transformational um, presenter but also transforms businesses when he works with them. Let me give you a quick uh, few stats around Marcus. Marcus has been dubbed a web marketing guru by the New York Times, and in 2017, Forbes named Marcus one of the 20 speakers you don't want to miss. Uh, I'll continue here. As author of the content marketing book, They Ask, You Answer, right? Marcus has inspired thousands to achieve their potential, but also given them the tools they need to get there. Mashable rated Marcus's book, the number one marketing book to read in 2017, and Forbes listed Marcus's book as uh, one of 11 marketing books that every CMO should read. He's been featured in the New York Times, The Globe and Mail, Content Marketing Institute, and Social Media Examiner. He has inspired thousands of audiences and helped millions of people from all over the world to achieve their own success with his They Ask, You Answer philosophy. Whew. It's one hell of a bio. So Marcus and I have a conversation today all about they ask, you answer, content marketing, video or not, what to say, what to post, how to quickly build trust. And most importantly is make sure you also jot this down in the show notes. Marcus generously offered a free two-hour course um, that unpacks the, his book and the principles behind they ask, you answer. So to get that free two-hour course, uh, you go to impactplus.com. That's I-M-P-A-C-T, impact, right? Like having an impact, impactplus.com, two-hour free course. And listen, once you hear Marcus, you'll be convinced that this man knows what he's talking about and that you'll want more. So check that out. Look to the show notes for that and for links to the hybridlo.com if you want to learn more there as well. So hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I have and i'm going to go back and listen to this a second time so without further ado let's get into this week's show marcus sheridan welcome to the show thrilled to be here jeff we're gonna have a great conversation i got a good feeling about this we certainly are and um i have to say that i have seen a lot of speakers in my day and when i saw you at social media marketing world i don't know two years ago before the world changed with covid um <clears throat> man i have to say and this is not blown skirts blown smoke up your skirt i mean Dude, like seriously, you clearly know how to control an audience and speak and influence. I was blown away. And so I just wanted to shout out to you. Well, you know what's interesting about that? I think it's analogous to, to building a brand and mm. uh, online into a successful business too. Because early on, the thing that makes me different as a speaker, as, as you know, Jeff, is I go into the audience. Mm -hmm. You do and physically is, walk in there, yeah. Right, and it's a very interactive, uh, and for some people, that's a bit awkward. Yeah. And the thing about that is, here's what it produces. What it produces is some of the most fascinating um, feedback forms you'll ever see as a speaker, mm -hmm. because roughly 95% of the audience will say, this was amazing, best talk of the conference. 5% might say, he invaded my space. I didn't. I didn't like that he yelled at me, or you know something along those something along those lines. Right. And early on, I had to say to myself, do I do I want to appease the five or the ninety five? Mm. 
And so much has to, that, that really aligns with building your tribe, your audience, knowing who you are, knowing what you're not, letting go of that which you're not, and being okay with it. Right. And I think so many businesses are afraid to let go of that which they are not, uh, which is why if anybody knows me, not to go off in too much of a tangent here, but I think everybody should have a section on their website that is who we're not a good fit for. Mm. Because the moment you're willing to say what you're not, you become dramatically more attractive to those who you are a good fit for. And I've made a career off of being different and memorable as a speaker. Yeah. Uh, And you talk about that in your book. Um, It's, uh, you call it the quickest way to build trust, right? Is it disarmament? Yeah. Disarming is the process of saying what they least expect. Uh Now, Saying who you're not a good fit for is absolutely an example of disarmament. So I use that phrase because when you're in a hostage situation, the first thing the negotiator says to the bad guy is, just put your weapons down. Let's have a conversation. Why? Because it's really difficult to have a conversation and i.e. build trust if somebody's weapon slash guard is up. So if somebody's willing to drop their guard, then we can start to build relationships of trust. Mm. And so there's many things that people ask us and we communicate where they're actually expecting us, the viewer, the reader, uh, the listener, the audience, they're expecting us to be biased with how we say it, how we show it. But if we can disarm them, then quickly they're going to say, oh my goodness, this company's different. So let me give you an example of this, and, and this may or may not come up, and I know we're just going in random order here, and that's the yeah. funnest way to do it, right? right, right. I own a swimming pool company, and so uh, one, of the, one of the questions I used to always get was, Marcus, be honest, tell me, why should I choose a fiberglass pool over concrete? Now, we only sell fiberglass pools. That only fits a certain percentage of the market. So how would somebody produce an article or produce a video that talks about the differences between concrete and fiberglass, knowing that the audience expects you to sit there and you know, spout off all the reasons why fiberglass is great and why they shouldn't go concrete. And that's a dumb way to do it. Certainly not going to induce the most trust. So how do you do it? How would you say it? Let's pretend I was doing a video on that right now. I'm going to show you in this, I'm going to give you uh, probably three examples of disarmament in this quick intro, almost like I'm giving a video. So it might sound something like this. You know, one of the questions we get here all the time at Riverpools is, okay, Marcus, be honest with me. Tell me, why should I choose fiberglass? over concrete. Well, the truth is you shouldn't always choose fiberglass over concrete. In fact, there are times when concrete is the better option. So what this video is going to do, it's going to explain to you honestly and transparently the pros and the cons of both types of pools. And then by the end, hopefully you'll have a great sense as to which is the best choice for you. Yeah, I said three things there that would make an audience almost flinch with, huh, I'm surprised you said that. One, fiberglass isn't the best fit for everybody. Two, there are times when concrete is the better option. Three, we're going to talk about the pros and the cons of both types of pools. All these are signals or indicators to you, the listener, the viewer, the audience of, hey, this person they're actually out for me. Mm. They're not out for them. 
they're willing to call it like it is. And that's rare. Very few businesses and brands speak that way. Right. So you talk about mortgage lenders, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. How often does somebody talk about who they're not a good fit for or a specific type of loan and who it is and who it isn't a good fit for when it is or isn't the ideal situation? Right. Rarely do they do that, Jeff. And that's problematic. Yeah. And hundred percent on point with that. And I love your approach. Um, and, and oftentimes I'll ask that question to audiences, real estate agents included, like, you know, who's your customer, right? And what do they say? Everybody, <laughs> right? And, 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 but people are fearful of that, which is, well, if, if I'm not, if I'm just, you know, that, you know, you've heard this, if I'm just for this group over here, I'm going to lose that business, even though I could, they could be my customer because it's not a fiberglass concrete thing. It's just who are you specializing in type of customer type of loan? You know, what do you say? To, what do you say to those people who are afraid to put that stake in the ground? You will You will. If you are afraid to do that, you will live in a sea of sameness. And that's to me way more scary. Appearing like coming across as everyone else in your space. And let's be honest, you just take, you know, mortgage lenders, brokers, or even real estate. There's a lot of sea of sameness there. Oh yeah. They sound alike, look alike. The websites, they just are so very similar sometimes. Mm -hmm. And this is, this is very problematic. What are you saying or doing that makes me say, my goodness, they are different. And you got to be honest with yourself. Are you saying something so different? You know, in my swimming pool company, we talked about things nobody in the world had talked about. I mean, without exaggeration, in the world. That's how we became the most trafficked swimming pool website in the world. Mm. By not being like everybody else. By going against the grain. By pushing the envelope. And I've seen now thousands of other companies do it since that time that have embraced these principles. Conceptually, it's it's very, very simple, but unfortunately, most aren't willing to do it to your point, Jeff, because it's a leap of faith. It is different. It is change. We resist change. But when you do it, it's liberating because now you can communicate and therefore entrust at the highest of levels. Yeah. Uh, real quick, what I want to do is for those that may not be aware, I want to set up the context of uh, you and River Pools and being the most trafficked website um, on the planet because you were a trailblazer. Why don't you give us the quick setup on how, you know, what the story is there? Started the company in 2001 out of college. Things were going okay until 2008. We had the crash, almost lost the business. That's when I started to research really about the internet. I knew how I was changing in terms of a buyer. So I said, our, our, buyers, our customers are changing as well. And so as I research things like inbound marketing, content marketing, social media, blogging, all that stuff, what I essentially heard in my simple pool guy mind was, you know, Marcus, if you just obsess over your customers' questions, worries, fears, issues, concerns, and you're willing to address them on your website through text, through video, you might save your business. And so I said, well, dag on it. I got nothing to lose because I'm already going to lose my house. I'm already going to lose my uh, employees. I'm going to file bankruptcy if we don't do something very drastic. So I said, that's what we're going to do. And I brainstormed all the questions that I'd received over the years in sales appointments. And one by one, I started to answer them 
honestly, transparently through text, through video on our website. I did this for two straight years until we ended up becoming essentially the Wikipedia of fiberglass pools. And uh, we're getting almost a million visitors a month during the summer uh, right now to our website. And uh, it exploded the company. But that is a philosophy that today is called They Ask, You Answer. Mm. It became a book. And that book has become a bestseller. It's been translated now in multiple languages. But They Ask, You Answer, really, somebody says to me, what is They Ask, You Answer? Yeah. It's three main things, Jeff. Number one, it's an obsession with the questions, worries, fears, issues, concerns of your customers and the willingness to address those on your website. Number two, it's the willingness to teach and communicate to your customers, potential customers in the way that they want to be communicated with. In other words, do they want to see it on video? Okay. Well, if they do, it's your job to show it and not complain about it. And then finally, number three, it's a willingness to sell it the way they want to buy it. That's where it gets really interesting. This is mm -hmm. definitely affecting real estate mortgage lending space right now because the sales dynamic and how we essentially buy online is very much changing. Many are resisting that, but the marketplace is asking, I'd like to buy it this way. Are we willing to answer it and evolve the way we sell, or are we going to continue to do it the way we've always done it? That's the essence of the ask you answer today. Mm. Yeah, there's a lot in there, by the way. Um, thank you for setting that up. You, you, you said something <clears throat> I want to um, unpack a little bit here. Knowing how the customer wants to see it, receive it, consume it, whatever, mm -hmm. video versus text versus how do you know? Uh, you know, because the typical default is you got to be on video, right? And I do think video, video is important, but I also think that maybe you've brought up something interesting to discuss is, you know, we all know people have a fear of being on video. I've tried for a long time to get people to do videos. I'm sure you have, yet there's this yeah. constant resistance. Mm -hmm. So I'm always cognizant. I'd love to hear what you, you, you say about this is like, do you think people can succeed without being on video? Absolutely. Because there's always outliers, but that is not the norm. Okay. Um, somebody could succeed by having a world-class podcast that's not on video where nobody ever sees your face, but they feel like they know you nonetheless. Sure. And those exist. Yeah. And that's the caveat. Do they feel like they know you enough mm. to trust you individually or you. as a company? Yeah. Now that feeling of knowing is certainly enhanced if they can see that dang face and hear that dang voice versus just read the written word. And so this is why video is a major component. And of course, for, for most companies, I would say, certainly there are some where it's not as relevant, but I would argue probably for at least 90% of companies and organizations, video should be on the card. And the one other thing I need to say about video, just while we're on the topic, yeah. um, is our opinions on video do not matter. Mm -hmm. how the you only feel thing that video. matters mm -hmm. is the marketplace, yeah. right? What they if want. the marketplace says, I really wish I could see that, mm. our job to show it, that's what we signed up for as business leaders, entrepreneurs, etc. cetera. Mm. We didn't say... Regardless of what the marketplace wants, I'm going to say, screw it. I'm going to do whatever I want because mm -hmm. I'm my own man. No, no, that's not how business works. It sounds nice, right? 
but that's, you're not Steve Jobs. We listen to the marketplace. Right, right. That's a good point. You're not Steve Jobs. I got to remember that. Um, okay, so and I'm sure you and you're speaking and consulting with companies as I, you know, do. Uh, there's the resistance, though, of the people who are still succeeding, who are still doing well, or to use a term called the fading winners, mm. who are doing well because of the market or because they have a client database, they've got, you know, established relationships. And then there's the whole old school hat that people put on. I was interviewing, uh, talking with a, a manager of a mortgage company the other day. And that's the phrase he kept bringing back, you know, hey, we're old school. I'm old. You know what I mean? And just like it was he was almost celebrating that. Right. And they're still succeeding. So I'm curious, like if, you know, if you were if you were advising them, right. Is, is that a you know, where, where is the abyss coming ahead of them that they're not aware? They don't see that in the, you know what I mean? On the journey, on the road. I just wrote down something as you were talking Yeah. in big letters, old school, ain't nothing to brag about. <laughs> and I say that because it's the companies that latch on to the past that more often than not get left behind. Mm. I mean, there was a period where Netflix really bragged hard about being old school. And if you look at every major leader of every generation in every industry that was replaced and reached their demise, it was because they said, I'm old school. Mm. That's who we are. It's the way my daddy didn't hit daddy's 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 did it. Mm. Well, it just doesn't matter. And again, once again, the marketplace doesn't care okay you have to be willing to adjust absolutely yeah um i'm gonna keep coming at you with thoughts that are popping in my head uh this is from real world interaction with people um i've heard two comments about putting yourself out there on social media you know either a i don't want to put my personal life out there or b it all seems so self-serving well isn't so many ways everything you do as a business leader, entrepreneur, self-serving? I mean, you started a business, why? Because you're so selfish that you said, I want to be my own boss. I want to dictate my future. I want to be able to achieve financial peace without restrictions. At least that's why I started Mm-hmm. At this point now, three different companies that I own. It's selfish. And that's a beautiful thing. Mm. That is a beautiful thing. That's what cr- like literally grows entire economies and allows you, because you're selfish, and obviously take it in the light that I'm explaining it here, right. selfish in a good way, now you've provided jobs to thousands. In the long run. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. I'm not on Facebook. Why am I on LinkedIn? Because that's where my customer is. And you don't really see anything about my personal life there for the most part. Mm-hmm. It's professional. Right. And I've probably made certainly more than a million dollars in business off of LinkedIn which by the way, if you're listening to this, you should be following me on LinkedIn because I'm a dang good follow on LinkedIn. <laughs> Amen dang to that. good follow, all right? <laughs> and so 
With that being said, though, the idea of I don't want to just share my whole world. I don't want to share my whole world. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about what I ate for dinner. Mm-hmm. Not interested in showing you that. Right. You probably don't care anyway. What am I talking about? I'm talking about principles of success, sales, marketing, etc. On LinkedIn, that's where I put all my chips, yeah. and that has served me well. So it's okay that you're not doing those other things, but it's not okay if we say, I don't care about the marketplace, which by the way, I'm not saying that everybody even has to do social media to be successful, but you're going to have to do some things very well. And one last thing I want to say about your question earlier about, you know, you know, we've been successful for a while. Mm. We haven't changed. Everybody says that until the stuff hits the fan, Mm -hmm. you know, I remember in 2009, because I live in Virginia, I've got a lot of companies that I'm close to that are in Northern Virginia, and they're working with the government. So they're government contractors. So these are B to G companies. Mm. And one of the major things that came out of 2008, 2009, 2010 is the government went through a period of transition with how they were working with subcontractors and budgets, et cetera. And a lot of them lost that government work. So quickly, they might have, over the course of just a couple months, lost 50, 75% of their contractor work. That's scary. Mm. And what did every single one of those companies need to do at that point? Transition to B2B instead of just B2G. Mm. The sad thing is, Jeff, oftentimes we don't make those moves until we're in a position of panic and stress. Whereas the most successful companies, they don't allow the pride cycle to get in their way. They don't allow themselves to say, it's going so great, I don't need to look to replace myself. I don't need to look to reinvent myself. Instead, they're obsessed with the marketplace, where it's going, they're accepting it for what it is. And heck, I mean, we all know, every single person is listening to this right now, inherently, because they're intelligent, because mm-hmm. they, they know the housing market is right now and at the end of the COVID rainbow. Mm-hmm. And to think that it's going to last is naive. None of us think this is going to last forever unless like yesterday was our first day on the job. <laughs> Whether it's me as a, I'm directly tied to real estate as an owner of a swimming pool company. Mm-hmm. I remember 2008, 2009. Many of us do. We were begging for business. And all of a sudden, we were working on all the little things just to get a freaking lead, doing whatever it took to keep the lights on. The key to business and long-term stability is not getting really serious about those dark days only when they come, but rather knowing, accepting that eventually they'll come back around because that's life and that's how cycles work. And saying, what can we do to stay way ahead of all these things? Mm. Yeah. Yes. So pay attention to where things, it's like the old line from Gretzky, right? Not where the puck is, but where it's going. Yeah. Yeah. See you around the turn, baby. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, 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 but don't just look around the turn, you know, because you could sit and watch, oh, that's where it's going. And then you're like, oh, I'm so busy. I need to just take care of right now. Right. And then you never prepare for. That's right. That's why Gretzky went where the puck was going to go. Mm-hmm. And. That, that is what we have to think like as businesses. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. What's funny about it though, Jeff, is if we're really obsessed with our own behaviors Mm -hmm. and self-aware, it comes pretty easy. Like they ask you answer was a direct result of me saying, yeah, I always research this stuff online. These are the questions I'm asking. So if I'm asking it, I know my customers are asking it. Heck, I hear them ask me about it. Why would I not address it? Would I like it if they address it? If I was the customer, of course I would like it. Well, then why don't I do it? Oh, I got no good excuse. Mm. Boom. Yeah, one of the, uh, maybe this is a parlay. Uh, one of the uh, chapters in your book, though, is talking about um, ostrich marketing strategy. And is that in line with what we just kind of went through? Is like if, you, if you're keeping your head stuck in the sand yeah. about this, this, does this problem ever go away, right? So, yeah, so the book really emphasizes the main subjects that buyers, customers, consumers are obsessed with before they'll engage a company, before they reach out with a company. We call these subjects the big five. There's the five most essential subjects. Literally almost any company in the world needs to be addressing on the front end because otherwise your buyers are going to go elsewhere to find this information. Here's the five subjects. Okay. Cost questions, cost, mm-hmm. price, rates, etc. Okay. Number two, problems, negatives, issues, drawbacks, etc. So number two is problems. Number three, comparison-based questions. Think about all the times you've gone online and compared one thing versus another. We love to compare. Number four, Review-based questions, what's everybody saying about it? A really thorough look at it, whatever it is. And number five, best. We love to research best. Those are the big five. And what's fascinating is most companies do not address these five things. We call that ostrich marketing. It's burying our head in the sand. Mm. Most buyers are obsessed with it. Businesses don't want to talk about it. It creates a paradox of wants. So if you as a business are just willing to talk about these things, and now here's the key. This is why it's called They Ask You Answer is you got to A, know what those questions are, and then B, be willing to address them. And the thing about it is you can't always answer them exactly. You can't necessarily tell somebody what their mortgage rate is going to be until Mm -hmm. you find out a few things about them. But you could certainly teach them what drives rates up, what keeps it down. Um, You could teach them all about the marketplace hidden costs, fees, et cetera, so that they can understand what they're getting themselves into and therefore value, right? That's cost and price. That's how it works. Mm -hmm. And you go to most companies, do real estate agents charge the exact same thing across the board? No, because even if they charge the same commission, there's different stuff included in, in the service rendered. So nobody charges the same thing across the board. So you got to explain it And if you do not explain it, guess what? They're going to learn value from somebody else, i.e. your competitor. And I don't know about you, but that sucks. I am not interested in my prospect learning from my competitor. I want to control conversations. But this is the choice that we have. The ostrich doesn't control jack squat in terms of conversations. You ignore them and you hope that you get some residual. Whereas... The company that is thinking like their buyer and saying, okay, last question, we're going to address it, then they lean into it. And let me talk about the problems one, that second one of the big five that I, I mentioned a second ago, because this is really prolific in the, in the mortgage lending space. I just think this one's huge. Mm-hmm. There are so many fears that people have when it comes to loans and types of loans. There's a lot of ignorance, as we know. There's a lot of misinformation, as we know. 
and there's certain fears, worries, concerns. Mm-hmm. What's scary is when companies don't talk about those things. If you're a lender and you're not addressing them head on, you're completely missing the mark. So like with fiberglass pools, I've addressed head on the major issues. Do fiberglass pools pop out of the ground? Are fiberglass pools ugly? Do fiberglass pools look cheap? Does fiberglass pool look like a bathtub in my backyard? Like literally those are fears that people have. Right. So it's my choice. Do I address them or do I let my competitor do it? Again, we're going to address that. So you got to lean into the negatives. And this is one of the hardest ones for people to do, Jeff, because it's like the comparison I like to make is find me one attorney in the U.S. where on their website, they address the question, what happens if you lose your case? <laughs> yeah, that would be totally refreshing, wouldn't it? Yet you won't find a single one. Why do you think it's just fear, right? It's fear, but it's also ignorance. And it's a lack of self-awareness because they're not asking, would I want this? Would I appreciate this? Is this the type of thing that I research? And it's like, it's so funny. These things, these negative questions, these problem questions are like elephants in the room. Every industry has elephants in the room, right? right. And so the question is, do you put the elephant in the corner thinking that when they walk in, they won't see the elephant? Y'all, it's an elephant. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They're going to freaking see it. It's an elephant. And so the smart companies, they take the elephant and they bring it to the front. They say, here's the elephant. We just want you to know this is our elephant. We're very aware of it. Now you're aware of it and we can move on. That's brilliant. Good analogy. Um, And listeners right now, you're listening to this. I know you have ideas popping in your head about what are the problems that are happening in the current market that you could bring to the surface. Let's just real quickly state a couple of the obvious ones. Multiple bids, multiple offers, getting outbid, getting my offer accepted, um, selling my home and not finding another place to live, mm-hmm. right? Everybody's, this is the problem I have with the real estate industry, real estate agents specifically, everybody's talking about now's a great time to sell, record prices, un, you know what I mean? 70,000 over asking, blah, 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 blah. But there's that market that you're talking about that, is quiet sitting by the sidelines that would sell or consider selling if somebody would address the fear or the unstated concern of, but there's no houses to buy. Yeah. <laughs> what Ain't am no I going to do? Yeah. I'm going to be homeless, yeah. you know, and that's a real thing. And, and I, you know, it, it's, here's the thing though, you and I, I'm sure have talked about this till we're blue in the face. Like my classic prescription when somebody comes to me is, what are the five biggest questions you get all the time? Like, what's your rate? What are the costs? Should I buy or sell? That's five videos right there, isn't it? 100%. And in fact, you should have one video that addresses those main five questions that you send to the prospect before that initial sales meeting so that not only do they know the answer, but they've heard it from you. They've seen it from you. And now, how much more effective is that first conversation going to be? You spend more time selling, less time teaching. That's what it's all about. Mm, yeah. Stop selling, start helping, right? That's right. Mm. Okay. Um, what's changed in terms of the content marketing approach? This is a big, broad question, but when you started doing the blogging and stuff, it was 2008-ish. Mm-hmm. How, how have you pivoted in terms of your strategy or tactics? Well, there's... Okay. There's a lot that goes into this. This is a, 
somewhat broad question, but it's very good. One of the things that people will often say is, my industry is saturated with content. So, I mean, I'm not going to show up in Google, so why bother? Mm. I mean, harm, that's a really dumb outlook. Mm -hmm. Because even if, let's say somebody, let's say you get a referral, and I know many in this space is very referral, real estate, Mm -hmm. lending, et cetera, very referral-driven business. And so even if it's a referral, generally they're going to vet you after they've gotten that referral, they're going to vet you online before they contact you. They're not just going to like, their friend's going to say, try this such and such, and they call you immediately. No, they're still going to vet you online. The question is when they go online to your website, do they see you as everybody else or do you stand out? Do they fall in love even? Do they say, oh my gosh, I mean, my buddy said they were great, but this is amazing. I mean, look at all the questions. They've, everything I was thinking is like really right here on this website. So that alone is reason enough to do they ask you answer. I tell people all the time, if I never got another visitor from Google because of SEO, I would still do this all day long because A, I want my user experience to be exceptional when they come to my site from referral, et cetera, or B, I want to integrate that content into my sales process so as to increase closing rates while decreasing closing or sales cycles. Just like we talked about a second ago, if you create a video like that, that they're viewing before that initial sales appointment, is your sales cycle going to go down? Yeah. Are your closing rates going to go up? Heck yeah. Like, Why would you not want that? And so I don't, when somebody says my industry is just too saturated, I'm like, that's a very myopic viewpoint. Uh, but that is something that you that you see people uh, talking about. No question, there's some saturated industries out there, but there's no reason that you that you should not do this. What? Um, um, just to interrupt you real quick. What should that video say? That video that goes out before you have that conversation. Well, in in so in both my books, they ask you answer, and my book, new book that I have on video that's out. It's called The Visual Sale. I talk Mm -hmm. about this as well. We call this the 80% video. 80% video is the video that you send to the prospect immediately before that initial sales appointment that addresses the top questions you know they're going to ask probably almost every single time. Usually, we recommend somewhere between seven to 10 questions. So this is going to be a longish video. It's probably going to be at least seven minutes, could be 10, 12 minutes. And you're like, are they going to watch something that long? Mm. Yeah. If it's answering their very specific questions and they're getting ready to make a buying decision, you better believe they're going to watch a video that long. So don't buy into all videos should be short. It's just not true. It's not true at all. So with that being said, what are the types of questions that you should be asking? Well, for you, you know what they are. What do you know they're going to ask? Or is there a question that if you get it asked, you roll your eyes and you say to yourself, oh, how do they not know this already? Oh my gosh, this is going to be such a drag, this, this appointment. That's a clue. <laughs> right? That's a clue too. So like back in the day, I knew if I showed up on a sales appointment, as an example, Jeff, and the person said to me, so can you help me understand, again, the difference between concrete and fiberglass? They weren't going to make a decision that night. They weren't mm. close to being ready. I needed to go into the home with them already saying, we know the advantage of fiberglass. We know the advantages of concrete. We feel fiberglass is the best fit for us. Mm -hmm. Sure, maybe there's some selling I need to do on that side of it, but for the most part, they already know the difference. So that's the type of question that I probably want to make sure is very clearly addressed beforehand, right? 
And so you know what they are because you, if you're listening to this, take those calls, you go on those appointments, you know when you roll your eyes, you know when you're saying to yourself, man, I'm answering this again. Look, sales shouldn't feel like Groundhog's Day. Sales appointments should feel different. They should feel different because you've gotten past, again, that initial 80% of redundancy. Mm, Interesting. And you can handle a lot of that up front with your content, pre-meeting content uh, in various forms. Video ideally, if possible, but other forms as well. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I like that. That's good stuff. Um, it reminds me of the lenders and agents I've seen who succe- are succeeding with YouTube because that whole process has taken place on YouTube unbeknownst to them. And when they're finally That's to correct. that point where they're ready to reach out, they're like, hey, we've been watching your videos for three months. We're ready to go. Yeah. There's a story that I love to tell about video. It's pretty crazy. It's true. For a long time when I sold pools, and I haven't sold pools now for almost 10 years, but when I sold pools, I would go up to somebody's house that I had set an appointment with. I'd knock on the door and usually a kid would answer because the kids knows the pool guy's coming over. Kids <laughs> fired up. It's like Santa Claus is coming to town and I'd knock on the door and you'd always hear kids say, mom, dad, pool guy's here. Like yeah. all the time happened to me. And then I started to integrate video into the sales process and doing exactly what we're talking about here, which is really answering their major questions beforehand with video, getting them to, to, to view it beforehand. And one time I knocked on a door and a kid said inside the house, mom, dad, the guy in the video's here. <laughs> Think about that for a second, Jeff. Yeah. What was happening? This kid with his or her parents had watched a video about pools. They watched as a family. Yeah. Was that appointment different? And then I had one other final experience with this. Mm-hmm. It's even more interesting. I once heard a child in the house say, mom, dad, Marcus from the video is here. No way. Think about that. Marcus from the video is here. Did I make that sale? Oh, yeah. Held to the yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Yes, sir. Absolutely. That's the goal, that they feel like they have seen us before we've ever seen them, that they feel like they've heard us, our voice, before we've ever heard theirs, and they feel like they know us before we've ever met them. And if we achieve that, we'll therefore achieve that magical emotion we call trust. Yeah, I love that. So listeners, um, question is, what are you going to implement from what you've heard just now, right? How do you influence somebody before you get to the appointment? You do that today with content, right? In various forms. If you're not ready for video, fine. Do it with written or something like that. It's good stuff. I know we're tight on time, so that was a great uh, great setup. There's, If I have time, let's do a quick one minute on the other big issue that most people push back against. You sent a, a newsletter out. I'm sure you don't remember it, but I've got like a library of stuff from you. Um, this is from last year. Uh, eight pieces of advice that I'm really glad I ignored. I just want to talk about one, which is don't mix business and pleasure. Mm. Now, in, in the context quickly of like agents and loan officers, I think that's a very tr- trust-based, personal, like on social media, you can't always just talk about business. And maybe you can correct me if you don't agree, but I think that's where the missing opportunity is for most is that personal tie-in, but that's where people struggle or resist. Uh, what do you say to that? You know, we constantly, you know, hear this battle of, of balance and mm-hmm. having a, a fulfilled life on a personal and professional level. 
And I'm just of the opinion, why can't we have both? And, uh, you know, I, I have traveled the world as a speaker, and oftentimes I've had one, at least one of my kids with me in that experience. And those memories will never be forgotten. I mean, they're just, just amazing memories. And uh, I look to integrate, uh, I take more vacations, and I work some on vacation. So it's one of those things where some people say, I take one a year and I completely check out. No, I take, you know, four or five a year, but I'm still working a little bit and my wife loves it because I'm not a beach guy. So she's going to go to the beach for five hours a day. I can work. And then we have an amazing night. We're still on vacation. Mm -hmm. Kids are thrilled. Everybody's happy. That's what I mean by that. Now, does it take a little bit of discipline? Yes. But is it possible? Is it worth it? hundred percent. Yeah. So it's really integrating the two. Um, and realize that people want to know something about you personally. Um, That's it. Not everybody. There is that small percentage, right? Where they're just like, give me the numbers, whatever. But people want to know a little bit about you. The personally. human connection, baby. It matters, Jeff. Yeah, yeah. All right, listen, let's tell people where they can connect with you. By the way, clearly on LinkedIn, and you made the point earlier, your audience is is not the consumer. It, it's it's executives. And that's why you're on LinkedIn. And that's where your content is. My mm-hmm. audience, less so. More so is their audience are consumers and real estate agents where they need to be a little bit more personal and more real, if you will, more human, so to speak, right? <laughs> um, yeah. but where, where do people follow you, man? Where, where do you want to give them? Well, here's, here's one thing I'm going to give everybody for free right now that you're going to freaking love. Okay. I've got a two-hour course on They Ask You Answer that's online. Love it. That's free. Okay. All you have to do is go to impactplus.com, impactplus.com, okay. two-hour course. Yes, that's right, where you can really learn everything about the Ask You Answer. You're going to love it. So make sure you do that. You can reach out to me directly, Marcus at MarcusSheridan.com. If you have a personal question for me, read the book, They Ask You Answer. It will change your life. So order it right now before you forget. I promise it'll change your life. And... um yeah, I'll see you on LinkedIn. Yeah. All right. We'll put links to that in the show notes. Thank you so much for your generosity of that incredible offer of a two-hour course. I'm jumping on that right after this. I've already got your book. That's awesome. And of course, your new book. I got to get that too because that's uh, the visual sale, right? A uh, little bit more. What is that? What's the subtitle there? How to use video to explode sales, drive marketing, and grow your business in a virtual world, which clearly we are we are in now. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> All right, man. I know you got to jump. I appreciate the time. Thank you so much for being here. Listeners, you know what to do. Check the show notes for the links and uh, we appreciate you. We'll see you on the next one. Bye for now. Hey guys, what's up? Real quick, uh, you've heard about the Mortgage Marketing Pro membership before, and I just want to quickly remind you if that you're in a place in your business where you simply need more purchase loans, you need to fill your pipeline with purchase business, let's just face it, agents are still a solid pillar of business and sources of purchase business for you. Well, good news. Our Mortgage Marketing Pro membership helps loan officers like you close more loans without the hassle of chasing agents or cold calling. Done for you agent classes, expert training videos, a marketing automation platform that automates the entire process for you, everything you need to build your personal brand in your local market, attract and convert agents into referral partners, plus done for you proven marketing materials and plug and play content to make promoting your class, getting agents butts and seats, partnering with affiliates real easy. But that's not all. You'll also get access to our weekly mastermind calls 
with top LOs, authors, speakers, and coaches to learn the best strategies to grow your business right now in today's market. And as an extra bonus for a limited time, for all new members, you'll get access to a database of 200 agents in your local market that have closed anywhere to, from eight to 50 transactions in the last 12 months. And we'll provide that list uploaded into our platform for you so you can get off to a fast start in reaching actually productive agents. So what are you waiting for? You can check out more at mortgagemarketing.pro, see more of the success stories there. And if you feel compelled to do so, book a call, we'll have a chat, we'll see if it's a fit. Don't miss out on this opportunity to take your mortgage business to the next level right now. Head over to mortgagemarketing.pro.